Welcome to the Sharing Our Journey podcast. I am your host, Bo Harris, filling in for Jonathan Johnston, who's feeling under the weather this week. Brother, we uh, wish you a speedy recovery. We're praying for that. Um, I'm here today with my friend, my coworker, my brother in Christ, my Be Real photographer, David Carpenter. How's everybody doing today? <laughs> We hope that you're doing well, and today we're going to be in Numbers chapter 21, right, David? Yes, sir. Reading uh, verses 1 through 6, did you say? One, uh, through, one through 9. One we're through going to go nine. down to verse 9. Uh, anything you want to preface before we read this? Yeah, I mean, we're here, and this is our fourth week in our series, uh, kind of a, a vision series for our church this year, that we feel like God is leading us as a church, uh, you as a part of this, whatever part you are, Um our families, um, our our work, all the things that we do. That the word that kind of God has has given to us for our church is this word of of preparation to prepare. Yeah, and uh, we're looking at God's people here who are preparing for a promise, preparing to walk into something incredible that all that that God has for them. And we see kind of the um, the frustrations of that the struggles of that, the requirements for that. Um, and Jonathan has done a great job in these first couple of weeks, of course, last week, talking about preparing our our poise. Um, and uh, if you haven't heard that episode yet, it's a great episode. Go back, listen to it. I was listening to it the other day, but him and Emma did a great job on that. But uh, today we're, we're looking at, at this idea and we'll talk about it more in a second, but, but preparing in penitence, in penitence. And um, mm. I think this yeah. story is from the book of Numbers. is one that might be familiar to you, but I, I think we're going to give kind of some new insight to it and maybe help us see it in a different way. So Awesome. Well, Numbers, Numbers 21, uh, starting with verse 1, says this, When the Canaanite, the king of Arad, who lived in the Negev, heard that Israel was coming by the way of Atharim, then he fought against Israel and took some of them captive. So Israel made a vow to the Lord and said, If you will indeed deliver this people into my hand, then I will utterly destroy their cities. The Lord heard the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites. Then they utterly destroyed them and their cities. Thus the name of the place was called Hormah. Then they set out from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient because of the journey. The people spoke against God and Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this miserable food. The Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, so that many people of Israel died. So the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned because we have spoken against the Lord and you. Intercede with the Lord that he may remove the serpents from us. And Moses interceded for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a, a standard. And it shall come about that everyone who is bitten, when they look at it, he will live. And Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on the standard. And it came about that if a serpent bit any man, when he looked to the bronze serpent, he lived. So um, we are, are reading the story of God's people as they are um, going through uh, this time of waiting um, to one day take the, the land that, that God has for them. And uh, I love... 
how real God's people feel in this. Um, sometimes I think there's a challenge of, you know, the Bible, you know, that was stories a long time ago, galaxy far, far away, kind of a, you know, a, a, a place where there was uh, marshmallows and unicorns. And, and it doesn't always necessarily, the way that it's translated to us, feel very real. And uh, God's people feel very real in this because I think they're very much like us. So God's people, they uh, go into war against this king, uh, the king of, uh, of Arad, and uh, some of God's people are captured. They pray, hey, God, if you'll uh, deliver our people back to us, then we'll destroy the city and give you the whole city. We'll consecrate it to you. It'll be a place uh, for you. That happens. Very cool. Awesome. Great. Woohoo! God did it. Then we're back. And then immediately, like, like the next thing we hear God's people, they just saw God do this super cool thing. They're in this same place. They go, man, it's, it stinks out here in the wilderness. <laughs> it is horrible. Yeah. We don't have any food to drink or food, food to eat, or we don't have anything to drink. And what's crazy is, you know, last week, if you haven't listened to that, but go back if you weren't here on Sunday, literally God provided water out of a rock. Okay, we know that that food has literally fallen out of the sky. Well, I mean, did you catch this this contradiction in their statement? Yeah. That, for there is no food and no water, and we loathe this miserable We're, food. Yeah, there's no food. There's no food, but we but loathe this food. This food that we have <laughs> that you provided is awful. So, so it's, I mean, they're like they're like kids. They I, are. Man, I have kids. Okay. This is what they do. Yeah, you, you make them a meal. Yep, and then they're like. Where's where's the food? Yeah, like, you put a meal in front of them that they don't want, and they think there's nothing to eat. Yeah, and gosh, so they're just like kids in this. It's is a- applicable to call them God's children. Um, it is. And I'll I'll say this too. I'll like I'll let my son. He wants to play video games. I'm like, okay, you can play video games for 30 minutes or something, and then when the 30 minutes are up, I'll be like, okay, but. He acts really nice. He wants to play the video games. So I'm, I'm gracious. I'm kind. I say, okay, here you go. I'm going to let you play. But he, the 30-minute timer goes off. It's like, okay, it's time to get off the video games now. He immediately starts complaining. He starts mm-hmm. crying. He starts being mean to people because he doesn't he doesn't want to give up yeah. that. Yep. So, <laughs> and that's what they do. Like, God, give us the city. He gives the city. And then they immediately start complaining yep. about something else. So... Uh, their complaints leads to um, these serpents coming into the people. And uh, something that's interesting to me is that um, kind of the indication of the Bible here is that the people who were affected were those who complained, that that the, the negative spirit um, within people was what led to this um, this sickness, this this death even for some. And, and this is not today's message or talk, but... I really do believe, and, and I, I don't, you know, I'm, I, I'm not uh, the type of person that says, hey, if if you only speak the positive, only the positive will happen. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. But I do believe truly that if our lives are are rooted and surrounded with negativity, that it, it really always leads to bitterness. It always leads to that inward sickness that if we choose to look for negative in everything that we do, we'll find it. Um, you know, I was talking to our students a few nights ago on Wednesday night, and um, 
we, we were talking about Jesus came to give us rest, and really the rest that Jesus offers is a shift in our perspective uh, to see the world differently. And uh, I, I really do believe this is maybe this is what you you know clicked on this to hear or what you needed today. But 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 that that bitter spirit that that complaining spirit really does lead to an inward sickness. But anyway, God's people complain; they get bit by these snakes, and 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 then then comes really what we're kind of focusing on today that that in order for us to step into all that God has called us to that all that all that God has created us for and we believe for you for me and you Bo, both that God has created each one of us on purpose for a purpose to see his kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven to be a part of telling the greatest story ever told that that Jesus came lived died was buried and rose again to give everyone everyone eternal and abundant life if they'll choose to believe in him. Yeah. Yeah. For us to step into that, it takes this penitence. Me and Jonathan's we were laying out this series. Uh, each one of these is 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 alliterated because we're Baptist preachers and contractually obligated to alliterate most things, but <laughs> that's a joke. But uh, I was I was given this message in, in the series to preach and, and I'm gonna be honest with you, Bo, um, I grew up uh, I was born in Alabama and and finished my schooling in Alabama and Alabama has the 49th best education in the United States state motto of Alabama is thank God for Mississippi. But I, I, I got this word penitence and, and you know, I, I was kind of like, well, I, th- I think I know what that means, but I'm not positive. I'm not positive. So I looked it up for, for myself. And maybe if you don't know what penitence means, that'll help you out. If you're listening and you're somewhere near me on the intelligence scale or hopefully not, but penitence is regret for one's wrongdoing or sinning contrition or repentance. So today, we are looking at the, the desire that we have, that we feel God has called us to, to step into something, to, to, to move towards a promised land, to move into uh, greater, bigger, and better things. But the first step for the Israelites here to healing And the first step for us as a church, first step for you as as a family, for for a marriage to grow, for maybe you to become all that you can be as a mom or a dad, for, for each and every one of us in the process of preparation, there is penitence. There is this spirit of repenting. See, because for God's people to be healed, first they had to come to Moses and say, hey, we messed up. These yeah. snakes have bitten us. Yeah. We've been got. They couldn't hide their wounds. And Bo, I, th- I think we can talk about this for a second. I think there's a temptation in, in church especially to hide our hurts. Oh, man. To yeah. hide our sickness. Come on. To hide the things that we have in our lives, whether that be something we're struggling with. You know, uh, we, we've been in this series on Wednesday nights with our students uh, about mental health and how we as Jesus followers respond to our world that, you know, uh, I think 40, 44%, 46% of Gen Z has been diagnosed with a mental uh, health condition, um, that, that we live in a world that one in five adults struggles with anxiety or depression, that, that we live in a world where, man, even in church, we've been, felt, been made to feel that that's something we have to hide. Or that, that our sin is something that, that, man, if anybody ever found out that I was struggling with this, or anybody ever thought I, found out I had these thoughts or said those words, man, I'd be outcast. And I, I think the first step to this and what we see in this story is we have to, to come to a place of, of admittance, that we have to understand that our hurts, 
our hangups, our brokenness. Is it part of our story? Certainly. But in order for us to prepare, we, f- we first have to be willing and, and able to accept and admit the areas where we've fallen short. And that's what God's people had to do here. So we, we see them and they, they, they come to Moses and they, they share, hey, we've been bitten. We've, we've been infected. We've got this problem. Moses intercedes on their behalf with God and prays to God and God brings a solution. The solution is that they take a bronze serpent and it is is put up on your translation. It said a standard. In mine, it says a pole. So it's it's just lifted up on a, a place that everybody can see it. Yeah. And there, when God's people would come and look on it, they would be healed. But here's the thing, and and I think this is really powerful. Is first there was this step of acceptance or admittance of the problem that they had, the struggle that they were facing. But then there was a second step that for them to find healing that they had to step out of the tents. This says that this this uh, serpent was was away from the camp. It was by the, the tent of meeting, which was set outside of the camp. So you couldn't stay in the place where you were if you wanted to be healed. You couldn't remain in the spot where you had been made sick if you wanted to be made well. That it took a humility to leave the tent, to walk outside of the, 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 the commune. Right. And then in front of everyone, in front of everyone. Hey, what's Joe doing? He's walking out. Yeah. There he goes. (laughs) There he goes. So people knew it was, it was, it was open. Mm -hmm. It was seen. And that takes humility. And something I tell our students a lot. And I really believe in something that God continues to work in me. And, um, I I really do seek uh, a lot is, is I, I really believe that, that humility is an essential trait of a Jesus follower. If you look at the message and the mission of Jesus, that our response to so many of the things that we see in the world, the things that scare us, the things that frustrate us, the things that that bother us, the things that we struggle with, that if our response was was one of humility, I really believe that we would, would open ourselves up to to stepping into so much more that God has for us. And um, that, that step of humility was so important for God's people in this story um, to, to, to leave what they had known, to leave the place where they had been made sick, to leave the place where the complaint had happened. Because you know, the complaint, the frustration, it, it didn't happen near the tent of meeting where God's presence would, would come down and Moses would meet with God as a friend does with a friend is what it tells us in Scripture. That's not where the complaining was happening. They weren't they weren't huddled outside the place. They didn't go to God and say, "Hey God, can you bring your presence down? I got I need to talk to you about the menu here, right? right, right. The, the food that you're providing for us isn't enough. Right. The water out of the rock, we that's we need, you know, we need at least, you know, some LaCroix, get a little sparkle and some flavor in this. <laughs> like God, you know, you're the God of all gods. You can do better than this, right? That complaint it didn't happen near the place of God, in the presence of God. Right. It was in this place away from that that the complaint happened. And likewise, it was away from that that the sickness happened. Well, that's the way, that that is reality. Mm-hmm. It's not just realistic, it is reality. The closer we are to God, the less there is for us to complain about. Yeah. Because we realize what's important mm-hmm. and what's holy and what's true. And that begins to shape our view of the entire world around us. Yeah. And the further we are away from God, the the sicker we, the more sick we become. Yeah. 
and and the more there is to complain about. Yeah, yeah and, definitely. And I'm not talking like I'm not talking about physical sickness, but I'm talking about this sickness of the heart mm-hmm. and of the mind, mm-hmm. where that complaining starts and starts to fester. And yeah. and and I I think that um, you know we're not saying that hey if you if you pick up your Bible and read it every day that every problem in your life will go away and that you'll have a full bank account that you know your kids will always obey you and your spouse will never leave their dirty socks on the floor and you know all the problems in your life will be solved that's not what we're saying but I think it is a powerful truth for us to to see that that in the presence of God what what really you experience when when we spend time with God and in his word and in responding in worship and in prayer is is the things of of this world to borrow a term from a hymn grow strangely dim? Yeah, in the light of His glory and grace. That when we're when we're 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 found in the the presence of God, it it just doesn't it doesn't make us it doesn't irk us as bad. <laughs> you know the the dumb stuff of this life it doesn't distract us as much. Well, because you realize that it's not as important as the world wants you to believe that it is. Yeah. It's good. Um, so, and you start to see things ha- for how they really are. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know how to rephrase that, but, but you know, Paul talks about the renewing of our mind in, in Romans chapter 12. And that's really, that's really what's happening. The, the, the closer you get to God, the closer you walk with God, he begins to renew your mind. And what does that mean? It means you start to look about and process things differently. And you start to um, recategorize things yeah. uh, in in your mind, and you start to reprioritize things in your life. It changes things. You step out from the complaints, and you uh, step toward healing. Yeah. As you draw closer to God's presence yeah. and to what He's lifted up on on the pole yeah. here in this story, yeah. or to Jesus who was lifted up on the cross yeah. in that story. Um, and I, you know, I think that, um, and that's when you start to learn, yeah. as as Paul would go on to say in, in chapter twelve of Romans, that that's when you that's when you become aware of His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Yeah, which is a will of of. It's perfect. I yeah. just said that, so now I'm being redundant. But <laughs> it's a good thing. It's it's what's best yeah. for you. And um, living a life of of complaint and negativity is not good for you on a psychological and emotional level. Yeah. You know, God came to um, to give you life and life to the full. Oh yeah. Not to not to give you a life like too many people, like in this story, think that God just doesn't want us to have any fun. He's, he's just, he just doesn't want us to do all of these things. And that's not the case. I don't think like he's for you. He's not against you. And I don't think I really understood that really until, um, until I was a dad. Like there's so many times that I I say no to my kids all the time, but I, I can confidently say that nine times out of 10 that I say no, it's not because I'm against them. It's because I'm trying to protect them yeah. because I love them. Yeah. And that's how God is. He knows what's best for us. He knows what's going to hurt us. Yeah. He knows what's going to bring destruction to our life. And he says, no, don't go that way. Mm-hmm. 
turn this way, yeah. turn towards what I've lifted up, what I've ordained, what I've set set apart, mm-hmm. turn towards me, and it will you're going to have a better life. Yeah. It's going to be better for you. And I'm telling you this because I am for you. Yeah. Not against you. You know, uh, obviously I'm not a dad, but a place where I think I, 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 I see through that lens in some ways, obviously it's not the yeah. same until you have kids, but you know, from a perspective of, of coaching sports, yeah. um, I've coached, uh, I think seven seasons of, of varsity football, you know, a good coach, wants the best for their players Mm -hmm. and their game plan is going to be take all of their players and use their skills and their talents and put them in the best position to win. Yeah. That, um, you know, a good coach is saying, Hey, you know, I love you, Johnny. I care about you, Johnny, but Johnny, you can't throw. So we're not going to have you throw the football. Now, Johnny might want to. Yeah, Johnny may say, Coach, please can I throw it? Yeah. But, Johnny, you can't throw the ball more than five yards, and if you try and throw it left, it's going right. But, Johnny, you're strong, so we're going to have you block. Yeah. You know? And and this kid over here, he, he can kick it real good, but we're not going to try and have him tackle anybody because he's not good at tackling people. Right? So just because there there's something that, that we want or we desire, God's saying, hey, no, 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 I have a, a better way a, a greater way that if you'll turn to me yeah i offer this opportunity but really the beginning of that and and what proverbs says is that the fear of the lord so a, a humble heart that is puts god in his right place and yeah. us in our right place that's the beginning of wisdom that for us to in a season of preparation that what we have said that that our church is in so you by proxy, sorry about it. You are in that. I'm I in my life and praying, God, what are you preparing me personally for, professionally for? What are you preparing me for as a husband? So if God is preparing us for something, we we know that God is good. Yeah. We know that God wants good things for us. Yeah. But the beginning of that, before any of that goodness comes, is us having the humility to say, God, you know, my my complaining got me snakes, got me bit. Yeah, got me sickness. My way, my my stuff found me miserable, and I didn't like the food. There was no water. But if I turn to you, God is a good and gracious God. And man, here's what I I just can't believe about our God and, and the story of the children of Israel as we as we've been in this series and follow along. God just gave them a city. God just <laughs> God just performed a miracle. To set their people free, they capture this city. He's giving them food. He's giving them water. He's doing all this for them. Yeah. And you know what's interesting is these people, we said it earlier, that complaint, you don't find complaint near the tent of meeting. You don't find complaint in the presence of God. Right. But also, you know, I would argue to say that if more of God's people had been able to step outside their tents and go and be in the presence of God, they would have been slower to forget what God had just delivered them from. Yeah. That when we are not in the presence of God, when we don't look to uh, the way of God, when we're not we're not turning our eyes to what God has put in front of us, we're quick to forget how good God is. And something God has been speaking to me personally in my life for the last several weeks is, man, God is just so incredibly good. Yeah. That we have a, a gracious God and a loving Father who just 
man, gives us so much that we never even could possibly ever think about deserving. And and, and you just see it here. Right, you see it here and and this is why it's so this is why testimony is so important. This yeah. is why it's so important that we talk about these things with one another because if you and I are are on a regular habitual basis of communicating and sharing with one another what God's doing in our lives. Man, does that not keep us looking mm-hmm. toward that tent yeah. of meeting? Yeah. Does that not keep our our gaze? It keeps us accountable to look towards Jesus. Yeah. And it gets us excited about what he has done. Yeah. And it, and it, that excitement starts to supersede whatever the world has to offer. Mm-hmm or whatever we might find in the privacy of our tent mm. becomes much less exciting when we are in the presence of God and yeah. speaking about his goodness to one another. Yeah. Um, we've referenced it, you know, multiple times from stage and our worship night, but you know, I think one of the things that really made our, our year in review that you and I and Jonathan sat down and did so special is that for about an hour and 20 minutes, just three of us, just three members of our church community yeah, yeah. got to reflect on the goodness of God. The amount of people I've had who came up to me and like, we don't put out a lot of long form content. You know, we have our Sunday morning, Wednesday night experiences. But other than that, we, we don't, you know, try and take too much of your time. That was a very different thing for us to put yeah, out. Yeah. But I think why people enjoyed it so much was because it was just us not doing anything special not you know, using any giftings, man, we just sat around for, for an hour plus and could have gone for three hours, I really believe. Oh, yeah. Talking oh, yeah. about the goodness of God just in our church community. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of, there's a little bit of personal stuff in there, but not a lot of personal stuff about our lives. And we could sit down for hours more and how how long could we talk about how good God has been? Yeah. And, and, you know, I think a, a heart of repentance and a heart of penitence drawn back to God yeah. is, is so important. And I think it can be found when we, when we reorient ourselves yeah. around the goodness Absolutely. of God. I'll tell you something about when doing that, that year in review video that we did. Um, the longer we sat there, mm-hmm. the more excited I got um, about, about all of it just about all the stuff that he had done and thinking about the future and all the stuff that he could do and, and, yeah. and, and stuff that he will do that, that is beyond my imagination. And in those moments, I found myself in a way repenting because yeah. I found myself saying, God, I'm sorry that we don't talk about these things more often. Yeah. I, that's what was going through my mind as I sat there, as we were talking about God's goodness and his faithfulness and what he was doing. I started thinking, Lord, I'm sorry that, that I don't take time to have these conversations more often. Yeah. And so there was a repentance in that and something that I'm trying to, and, and, and hoping and seeing that the Lord is really doing and a work that he's doing in me right now is turning me in that direction to say, say, Bo, you're a worship pastor Worship and praise start but in repentance, yeah. turning away from the complaining mm-hmm. and turning towards my goodness and my faithfulness yeah. and recognizing those things because that's, that's what fuels your worship because it gives you a reason 
to praise. Yeah, we, we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, is now seated at the right hand of God because his work is done. Yeah. When we, when we you know, focus ourselves and say, hey, you know, the, these, these Israelite children here, they're focused on the food. They're focused right. on the location. They were focused on, on, on all that was around them. They focused on what they had lost. Man, in Egypt, man, we didn't have to move our tents all the time. And in Egypt, we had stable income, whatever that was. And in Egypt, we had a nice Nile River running beside us where there's crocodiles. And in Egypt, we had, but, but, but what they did was they, they focused on, on everything but what God had literally just done for them. Their focus was was on their life and on their problems and on their things. And, and Bo, you know, one of the things about our world is that it is so busy. I hate when people ask me how I've been. I, I try so hard not to say busy because yeah. everybody is busy yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't have kids. I'm And I'm a busy person. And I, I, I mean, I don't, I'm, I think for somebody who doesn't have kids, I'm as busy as you can be without having children. You've got two kids. Yeah. You, you You're busy. Yep. I would bet whoever's listening to this right now, whether you're at the gym or driving or work, you know, working out, going for a run, or uh, maybe you're at the grocery store or whatever you're doing, it's probably you're busy doing something. Well, it's become the default response when you right. say, hey, what, what have you been up to? Yeah. Like, well, I've been really busy. I mean, that's just what people say. And, Almost everybody you ask. And, uh, you know, even um, in, in our world of busyness, what I would challenge us to do is to reorient ourselves, to refocus ourselves, to repent, which just means to turn yeah. from a life that is focused on our busyness to a life that is is turned and focused on on God's goodness. It's focused on on God's love. That's focused on on God. And of course, ultimately in this story, what's really cool about it is is that what what Moses didn't even really realize in this moment is that Several thousand years later, just as he took a, a bronze serpent and raised it above God's people, he lifted it up, and that all who turned their eyes to that would be physically healed. That a man named Jesus would come, who live a perfect life. But at that point in time, the Romans had adopted a form of torture and murder that they had perfected yeah. called the Roman cross. And that our Savior, in the same way, would be lifted up. It literally says, lifted up. Mm-hmm before all mankind. And then if we turn our yeah. eyes and our hearts to him, that same healing outside the, is offered. Outside the city. I know. It's, mind it's, you. It's pretty cool. Man, you start reading the Bible. This is a side note. Listen, this is free. You don't have to, you don't have to send in any extra money for this one. But um, outside, it's just so crazy how, how when you read God's word, how, yeah. how many pieces and parts of it just fall together. And like, yeah. Yeah. this is happening literally thousands of years before Jesus, the, mm-hmm. the Roman cross. I mean, shoot, I've got to preach about Psalm 22 a couple uh, months ago and how literally David is writing about these, you know, his lots, his, his clothes being, uh, uh, him casting lots for his clothes. And he's writing about Jesus being lifted up. And like these, this was literally not even a, a method of execution that had been invented, but that's not even there. But here Jesus would, would represent, this would represent Jesus. Yeah. And that, that what God is asking us for is, of course, the first step in repentance is salvation. But us as followers of Jesus, that our lives and our hearts, our our, our eyes, to to speak, you know, as them of the window to our souls, would be turned. 
yeah. to that sacrifice that was lifted up before us. And, and in that, we can begin to find the promises of God, to step into all that God has for us. You see, for our church community, if I can just speak to that specifically in this moment, um, let us never become a church that our focus does not begin and end with Jesus as the answer. Let our eyes never get so focused on on producing great services. And hey, we we want to do we want to do everything with excellence. We we right. have a desire to do that. And let let our, our focus and our attention never be on a budget or on on how much money we're raising to to reach people or to send to people or to do with. Let our, our focus never be so much on you know as a student pastor. I want our kids to have fun. I want there to be you know lots of enjoyable activities. But but as a student pastor, if my primary focus is not on Jesus, then then we've lost our way. We can have the best musicians in the world, but if if our heart in worship is not focused on Jesus, then then ultimately we have we've missed the mark. Yeah. And and as we prepare, as we step into a season of preparation, our eyes, our focus, our hearts have to be constantly in tune mm-hmm. with with Jesus who who was raised up just as this serpent was raised up. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Well, we want to invite you. Yeah. If you're in the Mercer County area, hey, come come, come see us. If you don't have a church that you're already going to, um, come check us out. We would love to have you here with us. Uh, we have Sunday school on Sundays, uh, small groups uh, at 930, and we have church at 1030. Um, it's a good time. Yeah. And we're seeing we're seeing Jesus change lives yeah. and 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 move and work, and uh, uh, man, it's it's just an exciting time in our church, and we would love for you to be a part of it too. Yeah. Uh, and we, if you're listening and you already are, hey, thanks for being here. <laughs> we appreciate you being a part of this, uh, being a part of our church family. Um, any closing comments from from you, David? No, I just uh, you know. We we want you to to be encouraged and to know that um, we do serve a good God. Yeah, we serve a God who loves you. And wherever you may find yourself in this story, maybe hey, you're struggling with something that you've never come and 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 admitted, and you've never said, hey, I need to find healing for this. I need to 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 go and find a way to to work through this. Hey, I think it's sc- I think it's scary, you. right? Yeah, it's, it, it can be scary for people because when you're when you are when you've attached yourself to something mm-hmm. and you're repenting from that thing, mm-hmm. you are literally severing something from Certainly. yourself. Yeah. And there's a, there's a scariness there as to, well, what, what am I going to be if I'm severed from this thing? Mm-hmm. If I turn from this thing, let me just say, let me just encourage you and say, you're going to be better. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be better. Yeah. If the thing you're replacing it with is Jesus. Mm. Yeah. There's, there's nothing yeah. that this world has to offer that's better than him. Yeah. Hey, and, and if maybe you need somebody that you'd like for, for, to have them to pray with you with that, we'd love yeah. for you to, to, to reach out to us, Harrisburg.church, anywhere you can find us. Um, maybe you're saying, Hey, I, I need to give my life to Jesus. I've never done that before. I've never repented from trying to do life my own way. And I'm turning my heart and my attention to that man who was raised up. Um, as a way for for us to be healed of our sin, we we'd love to to pray with you and, and encourage you in that. And like both said, you're always welcome here, man. This is uh, an incredible place to be, a place um, where we are watching God day after day uh, work in the hearts and the lives of of people and um, draw draw them closer to Him. 
And man, uh, Bo, I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm just excited to be in the room. I love being here. Yeah. I love watching all that God's doing, and, yeah. and I'm excited for what he's going to continue to do. Yeah, amen. Well, thanks for joining us for sharing our journey. Uh, my name is Bill Harris. This is David Carpenter, and we thank you for listening. We'll catch you later.